I'm Damian Bulwa, today on Fifth and Mission, The Politics of Immigration. Our senior political writer, Joe Garofoli, is here to talk about how President Trump has made immigration topic one in California and around the country. We'll talk about threatened ICE raids, the stalled effort to put a citizenship question on the census, and a new bid to restrict asylum seekers at the southern border. What does it all mean in the Bay Area and beyond? Joe Garofoli, right after this. Joe Garofoli, thanks for joining us. After months of being ignored, it is. I'm happy to finally be here. All right, first first time in, and and a good time because your beat, the political beat, has been dominated by immigration news in the last well for a long time, but yes. especially the last few days. Tell us what's going on um, and what the political fallout is uh, is of all the news. Well, we're seeing it from several different fronts. We're seeing it on the citizenship question. We're seeing it on the threat of immigration raids. We're seeing it in the president's comments about uh, its various members of Congress to go home. And the, the, the unifying theme here is that it's, um, it's, a ch- it's the president's trying to um, enact a, a chilling effect on immigrants in this country. Um, and to, it's, to, it's to suppress the vote. Let's face it. That's what, what's going on here. Um, and we're seeing that everywhere. So when you say chilling effect, you're talking about the literal impact on immigrants, things like sending a message. He's, he's actually said it. Don't come to the United States. He's right. trying to send that message to them. But it's also a chilling effect in terms of the citizenship question uh, when they threatened to put that on the census form. Um, I was spent some weeks, uh, a couple weeks ago, talking with the U.S.-born uh, children of immigrants, and they were saying on the immigration question, they're saying, well, my parents are, are now and are afraid to fill out any form. They're afraid to come into school. Um, and they also were afraid of the immigration raids. There was, you know, it was talking about both questions. And they're saying that, you know, and the kids were saying, I'm afraid that my parents will be taken away from me in this country. These are parents in like suburban, uh, suburbs of the Bay Area. And they're saying, I'm afraid to be separated. I mean, this is the type of fear that is in many communities around us, among our neighbors and friends. And that's the effect of all this sort of political uh, saber rattling. So you're talking about the citizenship question. That's the Trump administration's effort to actually put a question on the census to everyone uh, where they ask, are you a citizen? And, um, and they suspect opponents that it will reduce the turnout. And it could impact things like what? The representation in the House of Representatives. Right. How much uh, money? Federal how, funding. Right. We, uh, California could lose one House member. California could lose millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars in funding because they would be undercounting uh, the number of people who live here. Uh, it could have all sorts of effects. And that means, you know, less money for roads, less money for health care, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. And the Supreme Court has actually ruled against the Trump administration in this effort. And the president has abandoned this question for now. 
Well, uh, yes and no. <laughs> he has abandoned it. Uh, you know, the, he's not going to force the uh, the federal government to include it in the census. He can't do that because, number one, the court said it's not valid. And number two, the deadline for including it is passed. But he's going to ask several uh, federal uh, agencies and departments to do all the research that they can to find out who is a citizen and who is not. He's been somewhat vague about how this would work as the president often is when he gives sort of sweeping uh, proposals. But that's where he's sort of leaving it at this point. Okay. Well, I want to ask you uh, about the nationwide raids. I want to ask you about this asylum question as well. But first, just a a more general question. Why does the president see all of this as a winning issue for him? This is is an issue that fires up the base, uh, his base. Uh, it is an issue because you have a convenient scapegoat. You have he talks about how you know immigrants are taking your jobs, immigrants are, are coming to this country illegally. Um, to many people in, in other parts of the country who may not have a lot of immigrants in their community, this resonates with them. They they may be uh, challenged in their own jobs, uh, employment may be low there, and they're um, they're. Wondering, you know, why? What the reason is for this? This is a convenient scapegoat, so it's, it has a political impact on it. But it's also reverberating against the president too. There was just a survey last uh, last month uh, by a um, a survey outfit called Latino Decisions. It is a nonpartisan group that said fifty six percent of Latinos who voted for Republicans in the past agree that it will be hard to support another Republican now, and thirty eight percent said they would be willing to consider voting for a Republican candidate who spoke out against President Trump, of which there are very few, as we yes, know. Yes, as you've reported. So if, if the president sees this as a winning message, and of course, we'll ultimately know that during the election, what about Democrats? Um, they seem to be struggling a little bit in getting their message together on how to counter uh, the president's words on immigration. Right. And their their challenge is that their one message is we need to have a pathway to citizenship for the 11 million people who are in this country uh, without documentation. Uh, but there is – since there is virtually no one in the middle to kind of meet with them on this, they don't have a uh, – they have a minority in the Senate um, – so the, where, where are they going to go with that? There's no place to go with that idea. Um, and so they're kind of in a holding pattern until the next election. They say, here's what we're going to do. And in fact, as we saw in the last debates, they're moving further to the left on this. Uh, all the Democrats were asked uh, who were participating in the debate, would you support uh, health, doc- health benefits for undocumented immigrants? All of them raised their hand. Now, that will play well in California and, and certain other pl- states. It's that may be too far left for a lot of America. We will see. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned uh, we mentioned Democrats. We mentioned the Republican view. You actually spent some time last week also talking to uh, people in the Bay Area who are affected by uh, the immigrant immigration actions, the ICE enforcement. What did they say? They're freaked out. And I was uh, talking with young people who are natural-born U.S. citizens. Their parents may either be immigrants to this country who uh, do not have documentation or they might have a green card. Either way, they said their parents were freaked out. They, uh, they didn't uh, – there, there's so much um, going on on social media um, that they don't know what's real and what's not. They don't know when the raids are coming. They have also – there's all sorts of misinformation out there. But mostly they're, they, they're afraid. Like, will, will, you take, will they take my parents away from me? Um, will they take? Will my uncle be deported? Will my cousins be deported? 
they, um, th- what this has done is just inspire a lot of fear and, as one kid told me, chaos. Well, for in- immigrant communities as well as, I think, for everyone, it's very confusing what's going on with some of these uh, enforcement actions and these sweeps. And in the Bay Area in particular, they've seen these actions where raids are threatened. Uh, in one case last year, Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff warned people they were coming. And this time around... Um, the administration actually sort of threatened these raids. How can people kind of understand politically what's going on um, with the raids? Well, the thing is with the raids, when, when, uh, it's, a, it's a funny thing that you said that because we asked um, – uh, we talked to Governor Newsom when he was in here about that. And he was pointing out like, yeah, it's a, that nothing happened. Uh, to Trump when he did the exact same thing that Libby Schaaf said. He basically said, he said he gave a date. He said, they're coming Sunday. Uh, they're going to start Sunday. And nobody had any reaction to that, uh, at least nobody in, in, in uh, law enforcement or on the Republican side. Um, again, he, he picks out Libby Schaaf because that's a convenient, you know, she, she checks all the boxes. She's a liberal mayor from California, from a city who will never vote for him. So he's not going to lose any votes by picking on Libby Schaaf for uh, her comments where she didn't actually say what day, you know, say when the raid would be. And, you know, so far he's threatened legal action against her. None of that's ever – never that's come to pass. But politically, Libby Schaff was hailed in some circles just from a strategic standpoint for standing up for a community. So you see how the president sees it as a winning issue, but so did – Oh, yeah. Libby so Schaff, Libby. yeah, please. She's saying, please, uh, President Trump, mention my name again. Tell, tell, tell people how horrible I am because that helps me in, in terms of uh, Democratic Oakland, Democratic California on her next step up the political ladder, which remember, she is termed out, I believe, after this uh, next couple of years. So she needs to find a place to go. Uh, so that will help her, you know, being, yeah, being the, an enemy of Trump is good for her. Huge difference in the map of how these politicians see, see their futures. Absolutely. And remember, the number one priority for a politician is to get reelected. Yes. So uh, what about asylum? That's cynical, isn't it? (laughs) On on Monday, the news came. um, It had been signaled in the past that that President Trump is seeking to limit the way that people seek asylum in the United States. These are often uh, people who are coming from places um, in in Central America, uh, Honduras, uh, and El Salvador. Um, What's going on? And and again, what uh, what is the fight about? Again, he is trying to uh, – by the way, it's not even going to affect just those Central American company, uh, countries where a lot of the violence is you – know, he has linked the violence coming into this country from. But it's also going to affect African countries. It's going to affect uh, Haiti and the Dominican Republic and other folks who come through the Mexican border. So it's not, he's, it's not the surgical type of maneuver that he thinks it is. Um, so he is again the, he this he has pinpointed those uh, countries as the um, as the enemy and we he's talked about the number amount of violence there they are very violent countries and that's why people are fleeing there um, and again the proposal is that you have to seek asylum in the second country before you try to come to the united states right. you can't which is basically uh, another version of and mexico will pay for it so mexico is going to have to process all these folks first or, or, or be turn, turn them down first, and then uh, they're going to, you know, then if they don't, then they could apply to the U.S. The, you know, this is another thing that he's, it's a pronouncement. Uh, it's in the Federal Registry right now. But the ACLU has already said, you know, moments after he announced this, we're going to sue. This will be tied up in the courts. 
This as is, with most, is, many of these issues. Many of these issues, but the message has been sent. Again, we go back to this is a chilling message. This is all part of the same, the same political operation. To his base, I'm doing something. I am taking action. Here's what I did. We closed the border. We said that nobody from Central America can seek asylum in this country. But, you know, the, number one, the net is he's, he's casting is larger than that. And number two, it's not going to go anywhere uh, probably in the time that he's, you know, uh, still in his first term because of this will be tied up in the courts. So looking ahead to the election, um, how big a factor is this going to be? How is it going to play out? Is this going – I mean the president obviously thinks and, and says this is an issue that I can really hang my hat on. Um, how do you see it playing out? Well, I think it's – he doesn't, he doesn't broaden his tent any larger than this. And also among Latino voters, immigration is not even the number one issue. Uh, uh, jobs are the number one issue. Again, Latino decisions poll from last month. Number two issue, health care. Number three issue is immigration. So um, basically, this doesn't move anybody either way. It may be a, maybe it's a turn out the vote uh, among some Latino voters. You know, look at what Trump has said. Maybe it's a turnout among the base. Here's what I'm doing. It can to be a distraction you. from some other issues. Oh, for uh, number one, he had the, the timing of this latest thing when he was talking about the four members of Congress is terrible for Trump uh, uh, because he had it, <laughs> he had those four same four women. Uh, and Pelosi sort of at, at each other's throats and, and, and going back and forth. And that was a story. And he kind of stepped on his own good news. Although some said he was actually able to distract from from bad news about uh, children being separated from their families, the conditions, terrible conditions yes. in some of these border detention facilities. That's true. That, that could, could have been the case as well. Um, but I don't see this moving either side much at all, or at least getting the people in the middle at all. One thing that may get women, uh, female voters in the suburbs, uh, for instance, in Orange County, um, is that uh, when he talks, when he talks horribly about, uh, you know, uses racist terminology to talk about the House members. But most of this stuff is not going to budge people one way or the other, those people in the middle. So, Joe, for all of this, what is the impact on California? Well, one thing you should know about California is that the, their perception of immigrants in California is way higher than it is in other parts of the country. Seventy-two percent of people in California say that immigrants are a benefit um, to society. Twenty-three percent say they are a burden. Um, uh, politically, in terms of the raw politics, um, a lot of the uh, districts in Southern California that flip from Republican to um, Democrat or have an increasing amount of Latino voters. So this may help uh, be a sort of a rallying cry for some folks there. Same with the Central Valley, the two districts that flipped there. It may help uh, there as well. Um, but again, it's, it's, a, it's an organizing tool on both sides. Voters in the middle, not so much. Before I let you go, I want to ask you about what I know you've been uh, reporting on, which is the aftermath of the president's racist tweets in which he talked about the four freshman congresswomen, women of color, and essentially said, go back to your countries um, and attack them. And that's been come under a huge amount of fire, Nancy Pelosi, among others. Um, what are you learning about that issue and, and the response in California? Well, I, I focused on the California for the response from California Republicans, because as we know, California Republican Party is really at a at a 
nadir. It's at it's a terrible point right now. They have they hold no statewide offices. They have a super minority in the state legislature, and uh, they you know they just are they lost just lost seven district house districts that they held. But so far, the reaction from the Republicans in California, the top Republicans, has been silence. I mean, they, they've been as cowed as anywhere, as any Republicans anywhere, about pushing back on this. I even reached out to the newly uh, elected chair of the California Republican Party. It's a woman named Jessica Milan Patterson. She's been on the pod, my podcast, and um, she has, uh, and she was the first Latina elected to be chair of the, the state party in 140 years, I think, you know. And um, she has not responded yet. She's not said any, any, anything publicly, no tweets, nothing. And here she has an opportunity. She's, when she was elected, and she's a millennial, uh, she's, she was elected and she said, we have a chance to start a new chapter, to reach out to new communities. I want to go to places where Republicans haven't been elected and we haven't shown up before and we're going to show up and we're going to speak out. Here is an opportunity to do that so far unless I've gotten a call while we've been recording this podcast, <laughs> she has not responded yet. Okay, so why? Because we've seen similar responses around the country from the GOP. Why? Oh, everybody's afraid of Trump. They, they you know, we talk to Republicans and Democrats all the time and say, why don't people speak out against Trump? And the reactions uh, and the answer is always the same. They say people are afraid of him. They're afraid of him getting, calling him out on uh, Twitter uh, and he is, you know, he's afraid of, of calling out no one or he isn't, he fears no one on Twitter, <laughs> however that goes. Um, so and he'll betray anyone ultimately he'll that, betray that anyone. Yes, him. absolutely. So they're afraid of speaking out. And here she is. She's, she's newly elected. She has a chance to, to say something different and she hasn't so far. All right. Well, Joe, thank you so much for coming in. It's always a, pl- I'd say, wait, it's an always a pleasure. It's the first time. <laughs> well, Maybe we'll, there'll be a second time. We'll, have you we'll back. see. Thanks to senior political writer Joe Garofoli for joining us, to Libby Coleman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.